The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Okay, it's World Cup fever. World Cup fever today, 4 o'clock. U.S. is playing. So, hey, good luck. Good luck to everyone. Um, I know we'll all be watching. But welcome to our show today. I am so excited because we are kicking off ADA month. As you well know, my listeners know that every July we focus on great disability leaders, people making change, people that were there when the ADA was signed, uh, people working on all of our new policies, you know, because we need our own history. You know that we need disability history. That's why I am going to try to get a lot of these uh, shows somehow to schools or somewhere so that, as I said, we can have our own history. And that is why I'm starting out with a new leader who is presently making history. I love this guy. He is really committed to the employment of people with disabilities and quality of life for people living with disabilities. And he is right smack in the middle of everything going on because he is the CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, the largest cross-disability membership organization in the United States, right in D.C. Welcome to the show, Mark Perriello. Joyce, thank you for having me, and that was a tremendous introduction. Um, I am very humbled. Well, we are excited to have you as we're kicking off our month here because this is Happy Birthday ADA, and by the way, AAPD, we're doing something about that. What day is that, Mark? Uh, July 25th, um, we have a full day of activities planned, um, which I can get into now or later, whatever you want, Joyce. Go ahead. You can tell them right now. You got it. So on July 25th, we are celebrating uh, the anniversary of the ADA. It's 24 years this year, um, so almost a quarter of a century. And we are kicking off the day with uh, two symposiums. Uh, One will be on structured settlements and more specifically the factoring of structured settlements, which is when people, predatory lenders, come in and purchase uh, a person with a disability structured settlement um, at ridiculously absorbent rates um, and really sort of force people um, into a very difficult financial situation. And we're trying to find some solutions around that. Our next symposium in the afternoon is going to be on technology and consumer protections for people with disabilities in the technological realm. Um, And actually between those two symposiums, I forgot to mention, we're going to have a wonderful fireside chat. Um, All of the speakers have to come together, but I can say at this point that we are honored to have Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner. Um, for the fireside chat over lunch. 
Uh, and then that will be all followed by our Justice for All Awards, um, where I am excited to announce that we will be giving an award to Kathy McMorris Rogers, um, the Congresswoman from Washington State, um, number four in the Republican leadership and just a true champion for people with disabilities. Um, following up on that, because as if that isn't enough for one day, um, we are going to have our ADA celebration in the evening um, at 101 Constitution, uh, where we will be honoring Tony, um, sorry, uh, Senator Tom Harkin with the Tony Coelho Award, uh, Joyce, um, that uh, you run and operate. Um, and we are pleased that we will be able to um, provide the venue for you to give that award to Senator Harkin this year. Oh, it is so exciting. Go to AAP.com. I'm telling you, this is going to be a great event. You don't want to miss this event. It is fantastic. You want to be there. Well, Mark, what I wanted to ask you first, um, you know, you have a disability. You're the, a leader. But my biggest question for you is what made you decide you're going to be an advocate? All right. Um, so I'm going to start at the beginning, if you don't mind. No, um, go right ahead. And, and start with what is my disability or what are my disabilities? Um, first and foremost, I am blind in my right eye, so I am monoocular, um, which is a term I actually didn't even know about until a few years back, um, and I have ADHD. And, you know, those... Like many people in the community, um, I had disabilities, but never necessarily identified with the word disability um, or the community of people who are organizing to make the world a better place for people with disabilities. Um, as a young uh, man, I grew up um, alongside of my uncle, um, who is more like a brother, um, who has Down syndrome. So I had significant sort of exposure to um, the disability community um, through him as well. And, but again, wasn't an advocate. And something sort of switched at a certain point. Um, and the switch that flipped was when I was working at the White House. Um, so I was President Obama's Director of Diversity at the beginning of the administration and included among the portfolio of uh, groups that I was working with was the disability community. Um, so I got the distinct honor of working with um, the late Paul Miller, who I'm sure many of your listeners know, um, to help bring more people with disabilities into the administration. Um, and we were remarkably successful at that. Um, but the point was is that as I got to know more people with disabilities, as I got to understand the community and the challenges and the opportunities um, and, quite frankly, just the, the rampant discrimination that exists um, for people with disabilities, um, that I really decided that to get involved. Um, and, you know, interestingly, at one of my first meetings um, with folks in the disability community, um, I mentioned um, to Sandy Finucane, who works with the Epilepsy Foundation, um, that I was blind in my right eye. And that's when Sandy said, you are monoocular, you are one of us. Um, you know, Tony Coelho, I think, reached across the table to give me a big bear hug. Um, and it was, I, I was invited in, in many ways, um, to be an advocate, but... Um, for me, the thing that, that is important, I think, for folks to know is that I've always been an advocate in general. 
Um, before my time in the White House, I did a lot of work in the LGBT community that really stemmed from my own experiences um, as a gay man um, with discrimination in that front, with, you know, the 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 bigotry, the lack of understanding um, that I had to face um, as someone growing up gay. Um, and so got really involved in that community. But then I would say that I started to realize while I was at the White House how many parallels there were, um, you know, in terms of discrimination for people with disabilities, right? So in my life, you know, we all face what we all face, um, I can remember as a young boy, um, after I went blind in my right eye, being told I couldn't do certain things. I couldn't play sports, right? I couldn't, you know, participate in gym class, right? A lot of people were putting limitations on me um, from a very young age based on my disability. And that's something that we experience, you know, as a people, I think, writ large. Um, and so one of the things I really hope to do while I'm here at AAPD is help to try and change some of that so that the next generation of people with disabilities don't face that same level of discrimination. Um, because, you know, if, if I'm fortunate enough to do one thing in my life, I, I hope that it's, you know, that I get to make a difference for the next generation of LGBT people, but people with disabilities. And, and my focus really is on people with disabilities now. That is so awesome. You know, Mark, when you were talking about uh, the civil rights work you did uh, with HRC or the LGBT community, it made me think about the fact that it is, in fact, many people from the gay community and or minority community who have helped me the most. Mm-hmm. We see a similarity here. Right, been, right, absolutely. Been there, done that. You know what I mean? It is amazing when you think about that because there are so many correlations. For example, I'm living with epilepsy, hidden disability. There are people who are gay that do not want to say they are gay at work. And why is that? Same reason the person with a hidden disability does not want to because they don't want to be discriminated against. So I do see, uh, you know, parallels in so many different ways. But Mark, I'm glad you're helping us. I'm glad that you're working to try to reduce this stigma uh, that occurs for young people living with disabilities as well as older people because, well, we just need as much help as we can get. Now, Mark, you mentioned how you worked at the White House for President Obama. I just want to say, every time you talk about this, you know, when I'm with Mark, because I'm also friends with Mark, he'll be talking, yeah, when I was at the White House, like, you know, me saying, yeah, when I was at my house uh, in Pittsburgh, what right. I mean is it's not that I don't mean he doesn't, isn't very honored that he had this. I mean he's not condescending about it, um, which is wonderful that you're loving. Because I know people, Mark, that still be wearing that shirt thing. I worked at the White House, trust right. me, uh, with flashing lights. But um, tell me, you mentioned you work for him. Yep. President Obama, how committed was he to diversity? He was tremendously committed to diversity. In fact, uh, my job was so much easier because there was leadership from the top. And so President Obama, uh, on a weekly basis, was getting updates about how we were doing in terms of our diversity hiring. Uh, if there were agencies that were falling behind, you know, his 
Deputy Chief of Staff Jim Messina would pick up the phone and urge them to do a better job around diversity. And so there was a lot of leadership from the top that really stemmed from the president. And for someone like me in the diversity role, it made my job a lot easier because I knew when I was advocating for candidates and advocating for qualified candidates, right? This wasn't about just putting people in place who were diverse, but qualified people who were diverse. Uh, I, people knew that the West Wing had my back and that the West Wing was looking at these numbers uh, to make sure that we were moving in the right direction because the president really did want to build an administration that looked like America. And I think he was largely successful in doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's much easier when you have that name behind you, isn't it? Right, it really well, I is. I know, President Obama has done so much for us, for people living with disabilities, which we'll talk about when we come back from break. Hey, if you just joined us, we are talking to Mark Periello, the CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, as we kick off ADA Month this July. We'll be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Mark. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We are talking to Mark Periello, the CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, AAPD, which I am 
so proud to say I'm on the board and I am the immediate past chair. What an honor. And by the way, AAPD.com, AAPD.com, go there today, read about all the upcoming exciting events July 25th, and while you're at it, make a contribution. So, Mark, I am so excited about Section 503. Oh, my goodness, Mark. Companies are calling me. Do you know how shocking that is? Companies Pretty shocking. calling me versus me calling them, oh, come on, won't you consider hiring a person with a disability? And these are all new companies. These are companies I've never worked with before, some of which I didn't know, which is just so wonderful to see affirmative action for people with disabilities. Now, in your opinion, do you think it will have a continued impact on employment of people with disabilities? What, what do you think? I think that it absolutely will, Joyce. Um, when it comes right down to it, you know, everyone probably knows these stats, right? But, um, you know, 20% um, of people with disabilities are in the labor force, and that means 80% of people with disabilities are aren't working, right? They've stopped looking for work. Um, if they are looking for work, they're not meeting success. And so we need to do something about these numbers um, because it's basically flip for people without disabilities. You know, um, 70% of people without disabilities are working um, and then 30% are part of sort of the long-term unemployed. And so we need to do something about these employment um, statistics because there's real people um, right behind those statistics, real people who want jobs, who can contribute, um, who can, you know, be a part of society, um, pay taxes, um, and really perform at a level that everyone else can perform at, but not enough people know that. And I think that Section 503 is really going to be a huge game changer for our community. Um, Tony Coelho likes to say that it is bigger than the ADA in terms of the impact that it will have on the people with disabilities, um, and the employment rate for people with disabilities. And so that's a powerful statement from someone who wrote, helped write the ADA, so he knows. And so what will the change look like? I think it's going to happen over time. I don't think it's going to be immediate, um, which is sort of frustrating, but the tool is in place in order to create the change. And so right now, I think what you have is a lot of companies, like you mentioned, Joyce, who are trying to figure it out. How do we actually boost our numbers of people with disabilities um, in order uh, to really hit these aspirational goals that Section 503 sets out? And by the way, it's uh, 7% of uh, the workforce needs to be people with disabilities, and 7% of all federal contractors um, is a huge number because federal contractors represent 22% of the American workforce. And so this, again, really is a game changer. But I, like I said, I think it will happen over time as companies start to figure things out. And so without naming company names, um, because I was shared some confidential information recently um, from a, one of the Fortune 500 companies. And this company has 40,000 employees, 40,000. And they, do you know how many people with disabilities um, 
they have working for them, you will never guess. 289 out of 40,000 identified as being a person with a disability. Oh, my goodness. You know what? The worst part is I'm not shocked. Isn't that even worse? Right? Right. It's staggering. So 40,000 people, such a small picayune percentage of their workforce is people with disabilities, and now they need to get to 7%, um, and they don't know how to get there. And so we need to help get them there, right? And so it's through working with organizations like yours, Joyce, that I think we will start to see change, um, you know, working with some of the entities out there, um, you know, that are traditionally helping people with disabilities find and gain employment. Um, but ultimately, I think it really is going to take a lot of hand-holding with some major employers um, who are federal contractors in order to see this change to fruition. And I think it will take place over the course of years um, rather than the course of months. Well, you know what? We have a caller on the line that I have to take, but I just want to tell you one thing. As I told you, Fortunately, we have some companies, huge companies, that already have called and put us on contract. So, I mean, things are moving. Things are moving, and with some companies, they're really moving. But I just wanted to mention, I went to visit a couple companies. Boy, I am really seeing the stigma now because I walk in, and it's like total fear Oh, my God, we have to hire people with disabilities. And this one company said, well, let me ask you something. Could you, like, bring a couple of people here to work for you, you know, Mm -hmm. for people to see? Which would be like saying, could you bring a couple of women here right? just so we could see them? I mean, that is how far gone. That's why we need 503. But anyway, with that, we have rock star on the line here. Miss Jill Houghton, are you on the line? I am. Thank you, Joyce. How are Hello, you? Jill. And by the way, for those of you that don't know, this rock star, Jill Houghton, is the executive director of the United States Business Leadership Network, an awesome organization bringing together companies desiring to have strategic plans to hire people with disabilities. So, Jill, I know you didn't call to talk to me, but Mark is on the line. Well, I just wanted to call and and, uh, say what an honor it is to work with Mark Perriello and to work with his team at AAPD um, because together I think the issues that you've been talking about, about uh, really... Changing those statistics are, are going to be driven. We're together. I'm excited about how the USBLN and AAPD are, have uh, unveiled the Disability Equality Index. I know. It's so exciting. It is exciting. That is so exciting. You want to talk about that for a minute, Jill? Well, I, I would just say it's a, it's a joint initiative between the USBLN and AAPD, and it's a, it's a national transparent benchmarking tool that uh, corporate uh, or Fortune 1000 scope companies are going to have access to uh, to use as a tool to res- receive an objective score and, and really work to um, increase the inclusion of people with disabilities. And we are so 
honored to be working with AAPD since they're the nation's leading uh, cross-disability organization. Can I jump in? Yes. So, Jill, uh, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, this Disability Equality Index tool would not be nearly as successful if it wasn't for the work of USBLN and members of your team. This really has been a joint collaboration, and it's exciting. It, for folks who don't know, it was really a, over a year in the making uh, for us to get to a point where we were officially launching. We brought together 20 advisors um, who actually helped craft the survey. These were people with disabilities, corporate leaders. Um, in many cases, there's a lot of overlap between those two worlds as well. Um, Joyce Bender's uh, very own Mary Brocker served on the advisory committee. Um, thank you for letting us have some of her time, Joyce. And what we really came up with was an incredible tool that is going to enable business to truly understand how they are doing in terms of their disability um, work. Um, and it, as Jill mentioned, it really runs the gamut. It's more than just uh, an employment survey. And I think that over time, this survey tool will really help businesses um, gain an education in terms of, of what it takes to do right by the disability community. Um, and hopefully over time, they will see their scores increase um, as they are doing more work um, for people with disabilities. Um, it is an exciting, exciting tool um, and a really exciting partnership. You know, and, 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 you know and as you we see companies, companies that want to be disability friendly, you know what I mean? Because of self-identification, what better thing than this, seeing how well you're doing here? Jill, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, and then we can see companies like that, that company that Mark referenced with 40,000 employees who um, is saying that they have 289 individuals who have self-ID'd. Uh, over the course of the time, we want to, through the, this partnership and through the Disability Equality Index, we want to work with corporate America to change those numbers. I mean, we can't have 289 people at a company of 40,000. Once again, think of it this way, 40,000 employees, 289 women. 40,000 men, 289 women. I mean, right. this is the only way you could put this in perspective is to look at other minority groups. 40,000 white people, 289 people of color. I mean, this is just terrible. It is. But it is. And I with, feel like we're doing something about it, though. We're trying to make we change, and, and we're using new tools, right? The Disability Equality Index will be a new tool that hopefully can bring us one step closer. 503 will be a new tool to help us bridge this gap. Uh, and so hopefully we'll start to see these numbers change. Well, I believe we will, especially with 503 coupled with this. And, Jill, the great work you're doing at the USBLN. Your website is? USBLN.org. And your conference is? September 29th through October 2nd in Orlando, Florida. And you can go to the website and get information about that upcoming event. Hey, if you're a business and you're asking me, oh, what can we do to get people to self-identify? Well, number one, the first thing you have to do is hire people 
because it isn't until you see people like yourself that you're going to get other people to self-identify, including people like me with epilepsy, hidden disabilities. If I see, wow, other than the people hiding like me, I don't see any people here with disabilities. When you see that, it makes a change. But number two, when you get involved in organizations like AAPD and the United States Business Leadership Network, you're sending a signal. So, Jill, thank you so much for calling. Thank you. And, uh, again, thanks, Mark. Uh, I love working together with you and AAPD. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Jill. So exciting, that qualifies. That is so exciting. Can't wait. Can't wait to see more with that. Well, Mark, I want to talk about Secretary of Labor Tom Perez, I know you know him well. As a matter of fact, he spoke at the last AAPD gala. But he is really, really important to the disability community, and I wonder if you could share a little about why that is. Yeah, so Tom Perez is outstanding um, in every way. He did speak at the AAPD gala, and not to take anything away from the great speakers that we've had in years past, uh, but Tom gets our community in a really intimate way. He has been working on our issues, um, you know, since he was a, a politician in Maryland uh, and truly understands people with disabilities, the challenges that we face as a community, um, and has some really great solutions, in my opinion, on how to overcome them. And so one only needs to look at his record to know that this is true. And so before he was... Secretary of Labor. He was first over at the United States Department of Justice running the Civil Rights Division. And in that role, right, let me share some things that he did. More than 20,000 people with disabilities, right, live independently in the community because of work that he did at the Department of Justice. Hundreds of housing complexes nationwide are more accessible. Faith-based residency programs are protected from discrimination, right? He's done work with preschools, colleges, um, to make them more accessible for people with disabilities. He's done work with police officers and firefighters and paramedics um, so that they um, are no longer face discrimination if they have disabilities. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Um, everything from helping make sure that people have access to jobs to making sure that they can stream Netflix and watch movies at home with their families like everyone else. Um, he really has been a true champion. And so now at the Department of Labor, um, he is overseeing the implementation of Section 503, um, which is really, really critical for the future of our community. And so having someone who understands us um, from a really personal perspective um, is key, I think, to making sure that those regulations are strong um, and move forward uh, the way that they're supposed to. Um, you know, one of the things that I think folks know about, um, but let me share a little bit, is the president's executive order to raise the minimum wage to $10.10. So if it wasn't for Tom Perez, I don't necessarily know that people with disabilities would have been included in that executive order, but they are. And that is because we have a true champion over at the Department of Labor um, who is making sure that our voices are not only heard, 
um, but that actions are taken um, by the government uh, to make sure that we are enjoying the same rights, benefits, and responsibilities as everyone else. Yeah, he is awesome. And by the way, uh, as you know, Mark, he was at the White House uh, the day that they had convened a group to talk about the importance of 503 uh, with Valerie Jarrett and then with the president. And I believe he also was uh, really behind helping us with 503. Mm-hmm. Yep, I couldn't I mean, agree more. I must more. say, Valerie Jarrett is a true champion. She really was on this from the beginning. Um, it was so awesome to see her on Meet the Press. Uh, but Tom Perez has been really on this. I mean, you know, 40 years we've been working on this. Yep. To have this happen is so remarkable. It really is. So uh, we are all behind him 100%. I just think he is an awesome individual, and it was really great, Mark, that you not only, oh, wait a minute, his first day of work, he went to that a, the AAPD celebration. He did. He did. That, and now, so I don't want to just sort of toot AAPD's horn, um, but I will toot Tom Perez's. That is how important the disability community is to him, mm-hmm. that on his first day, he wanted to spend time with us, um, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of things he probably could have been doing, um, but that is how he chose to end his first day on the job as Secretary of Labor, um, and it was quite an honor to have him with us. It was. Yeah, he, he is really... Uh, I remember when Tony Quello called me and told me, Joyce, it's done. 503, wow, I could not believe it. I just yep. was so... So moved. And I know Tony also is close to Tom Perez. And if I'm right, he can talk about you, Mark, on his own, because, Tony, are you on the line? I sure am, Joyce. It's been nice Hi, Tony. How are you? Uh, it's, it's great to be on the call with Mark as your guest. That's wonderful. Hello, well, Tony. How are you? Calling. Great, Mark. Um, yeah, I, I think that the one thing that wasn't said about Tom Perez is that when he was in charge of civil rights at the Justice Department, uh, he enforced the ADA more than any attorney general uh, office uh, in the history of the ADA. And he expanded uh, the enforcement uh, like we've not had before. So he really understands the disability community, understands the problems that we've had, and so in taking his work on Justice Department into uh, the Labor Department, it's been fabulous. So uh, I agree with everything that the two of you have said about Tom. Yeah, I think he is awesome also. So, Tony, you also were the chair of AAPD. Um, so you too have you have a long history with the American Association of People with Disabilities, and you were personally involved in uh, being able to steal Mark from President Obama. Yeah, I, I had it. Mark will uh, remember. I think I called him and said I want to have lunch with you, and uh, we only had a short time for lunch, and uh, I just told him we have a great opportunity for you. Uh, that you can't refuse. And that's how it started. 
um, and Mark has done a tremendous job at AAPD, expanding uh, the role of it, uh, getting involved with uh, USPLN, um, getting involved with with PCORI now in regards to a disability effort that we're working on, um, getting involved with several uh, legal issues and so on. It's been great to see the success of the galas as well. Uh, so I'm just, you know, I think that it's great for the community that Mark is the uh, president of, of AAPD and it's, as one that helped Bob Dole start AAPD. Uh, this is where we wanted it to head, and so I'm very happy that uh, Mark is ahead of it and having such success. Me too. Thank I you, Tony. I am too, Tony. So, Tony, while I have you on here, how about you? What do you think about 503, the impact it's going to have? Well, uh, Pat Shu, who's the uh, head of the office on uh, federal contractors, um, uh, said to me that in the first year we should uh, be able to hire 464,000 uh, individuals with disabilities. Uh, that's just in the first year. Uh, that would be spectacular if uh, we got close to it. Uh, she thinks that's a conservative number. Um, I, I just, you know, ADA, as I've said to you, Joyce, in the past, and I've talked to Mark about this, is that ADA was great for our basic rights. We could go to court. We could do things. But more importantly is 503 because it's about jobs. It's about giving us our dignity to participate in society like everybody else, uh, to be able to provide for our families, to be able to pursue a home if we want and get a car if we want, but do the things that everybody else does. Uh, to even fail at the job. Uh, but all these things that we have been denied are now potentially all there. Uh, because what people don't realize is that 503 was put into law many years ago. And it was basically to help uh, uh, people, uh, women, uh, women and people of color uh, to get employed. And it worked miracles. The Chief Justice Grin, I mean, not Chief Justice, but Justice uh, Ginsburg on the Supreme Court has said if it weren't for 503, she wouldn't be where she is today. Um, but it made a huge difference in requiring federal contractors and subcontractors to not discriminate against women and to hire women. The same thing with uh, people of color. And so the law's been there for a long time, but because we couldn't get a definition of disability, because we couldn't get uh, the census numbers and so forth on where dis the disabled were living or working or, or whatever they were doing, we couldn't implement a 503 because that requires federal contractors and subcontractors to hire people. But if there aren't people in, say, Fresno, California, uh, then you can't require them to do so. So... Uh, it's, it is the most significant thing for our community. And uh, as the, the author of ADA, I say that without reservation, is that this is uh, even more important than the ADA. Wow. Well, I agree with you. I, I do, Tony, and I thank you again for all of your 25 years of working on it. Well, I, I, I think it's, you know, 
sort of what I feel I'm here for is to try to make a difference in this area, and I'm trying. Um, but you're I'm trying. Well, you get an A plus. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But I, I'd say, I'd say that you really get an A plus, Tony, because you are making a difference every day. And you have always made a difference. Well, Joyce, you're my biggest fan, so people have to discount that. But the the uh, I think the thing we're working on right now, additionally, is trying to make sure that census uh, doesn't um, make the uh, census questions voluntary, because that would destroy everything we've worked on for the last 25 years. Um, and there is a move on the part of uh, the House passed a, a amendment that does that, so the Senate will block it, so I'm not worried about that right now. But I don't like the idea of the movement, and the census is now reviewing uh, the survey and so forth. So I'm in the process of uh, working on that to try to see if we can negate some of that effort. But, you know, we take two steps forward, and people try to force us one step back, and we just got to try to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. That's right, and not give up. You're right. Yeah, Penny. and on that, Mark is. Uh, you've been working with us on that as well. So I appreciate that very much. As a result of Mark's relationships with the White House, uh, he's put me in touch with the right people that could be helpful. So that's what teamwork is all about, and why right. we work together. So I would just want to say, Tony, um, thank you, and uh, I guess this goes to Joyce, too. Thank you both for your faith in me. Um, you know, I wake up every day, and I feel, uh, you know, that there is a great burden um, that comes with this job, and it's a good burden, right, because you're making a difference in people's lives, um, and it's an honor, and it's humbling, um, and I have to pinch myself every once in a while um, that I get to do this work um, and get to work with folks like you um, and get to work, quite frankly, with an amazing team here at AAPD as well. Well, all I say to that, Mark, I, I appreciate that. I know Joyce does, but we're not satisfied until you get a lot more done. So Yes, indeed. Yes, okay. indeed. There's a lot more to do. There is a lot more to do. Well, uh, I, I'm glad that I was able to get through and, and make some comments, Mark. I, uh, you know, uh, we have a personal friendship, uh, but I'm very, very proud of, uh, of what you've done. I wanted to make sure that uh, Joyce's listeners uh, knew of my commitment to uh, what you're doing. So thank you thank very you, much Tony. for all you do. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Joyce. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So amazing for him to say, I'll keep working on making, I'll keep working at it. Right. What? He's the author of the ADA. He's done 20 million things, but that's Tony. You know what I mean, Mark? I know exactly what you mean, exactly what you mean. He is um, an outstanding American and an outstanding human being. Yes, he is. Well, Mark, (laughs) I know one of the Hallmark programs at AAPD is our internship program. Could you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It is one of our Hallmark programs. Every year we bring between 10 and 30 young people here to Washington, D.C., and I actually say young people every time, and then my team here corrects me because you can actually be any age. Um, So we bring 20 or so talented people from across the country to Washington, D.C. for internships on Capitol Hill, with lobby shops, with different nonprofits, um, and it really is 
just an outstanding opportunity, um, you know, one for the interns who, for many of them, are getting their first taste of real work experience, um, but I would say also for AAPD because it's always um, refreshing to work with young people um, and hear their perspectives on life and the world and the future, and, you know, they really do... Um, go on to quite amazing things. Um, you know, there are folks, former interns who are working in government now. There are former interns who are working at some of the leading nonprofits in disability. Uh, there are fo- that one of our interns um, was just named to the President's Council on Intellectual or um, Intellectual um, Disabilities. And so, you know, they're really a great group, um, and there is a lot of potential that stems from the opportunity. Um, so this summer, we have all of our slots filled, of course, um, because it is a summer internship. But I would say for folks who might be interested or folks who know people who might be interested, the application usually comes open in about October, and we collect op- applications from about October to December, and then from January to February, March-ish, we're making decisions about which interns are uh, selected for the program. And then, then folks come to D.C. starting in right after Memorial Day um, for their 10-week summer internship. Um, and it really is just a great learning opportunity, um, a great way to get involved in the workforce, and it usually leads to pretty great things for the folks who are involved. Yes, it does. It is truly is. I love that program. I love those interns. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're a company, you ever want to make a contribution to a great program, this is it at AAPD. Uh, it changes lives. It really does. It changes the lives of young people living with disabilities and gives us such a wonderful experience and such hope. You know, it really, really is a great program that I love very much. So uh, kudos to you, Mark, keeping that going. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, and I should thank AT&T for making it possible this year, um, along with the May and Stanley Charitable Trust, um, the two organizations that really, uh, and actually Northrop Grumman, um, the three organizations that really came together to help support our internship program this year. Well, I say thank you to them also. Boy, you have some heavy hitters there, Mark. That just shows you the credibility of uh, what you're doing at AAPD. Indeed, indeed. So, Mark, say that we have listeners right now. They're listening to the show and they're thinking, wow, this is a great organization. Uh, What can I do to get involved? What can they do? So, first and foremost, you can go online and to our website, which is aapd.com, so not .org, unlike most nonprofits, we're actually .com, um, and do a couple of things. First, sign up for our email list. You can do that right at the top of the website, um, and you join our list, and you will get information um, at least on a weekly basis about the things that that are happening in our community, um, the things that are happening at AAPD, and ways that you can get involved. Um, The second thing you can do, which I would really encourage, is at the bottom of the website, on the bottom right, you can sign up for the Disability Daily, 
which is a new publication that we have at AAPD that we send out um, Monday through Friday, and it is an amalgamation or aggregator of news stories related to people with disabilities. Um, We focus on national news, state and local news, culture, media, sports, uh, technology, healthcare, um, and it really is a great way to get a handle on some of the latest developments in disability and to also just get a sense of how the community is operating in society. And so we actually don't filter any of the stories. Um, we present them to you exactly as they are written, and it's a great source of information. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, You know, getting an email once a day isn't necessarily involvement, but what I hope is that by reading the daily, you would actually feel and understand the importance of being involved in a more intimate way. And so those are two things that you can do. The third thing you can do is you could donate money. Um, It, you know, does cost money for AAPD to do the work that it does on behalf of people with disabilities. Um, We fight every day for economic power, equal opportunity, independent living, and political participation for people with disabilities. And we can't do it without the support of everyday people with disabilities. Um, Writing $5 checks, $10 checks, $1 checks um, for us to continue the work. And so, of course, the donate button is featured very prominently on the website, and I would encourage folks to to help support us. Um, You know, we all want a better future right, for ourselves, for our families, for our friends. Um, And the only way that's going to happen is if we are investing in making that happen. Um, And so I would encourage that as well. Um, The third thing that you can do, uh, and this is all sort of in the works, is we're starting to get involved at the local level in a much more intimate way. Um, And so if you are interested in being a local volunteer Um, for AAPD in your community, you can actually email me directly and I'll give you my email address. It is mperriello, P-E-R-R-I-E-L-L-O at aapd.com. Let me do that one more time. M-P-E-R-R-I-E-L-L-O at aapd.com if you want to get involved um, in a more grassroots sense um, because we need all the help we can get if we are going to make the world and make society a better place for our community. Yeah, so awesome. That, and by the way, speaking of local events, AAPD in November, I mean in October, the third Wednesday of every October, the national launch is in Pittsburgh, and wow, has it turned into a big thing, and we're so honored and so proud, Mark, to be involved with AAPD. It's going to be such a great thing, but your comment about you know, local community involvement is so important. So, Mark, two last questions. All right. Over the past year... And in your life, everything combined, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? 
You know, this is a tough question to answer um, because I will be frank. I think that everything that I've worked on literally takes a village. And so I may have played a small part in various things, um, but I think overall, um, you know, it really is a team effort, as Tony mentioned. Um, and so the things that I'm most proud of, and again, I want to caveat, I'm not claiming credit for these things. Um, I am only claiming credit for a small piece. Um, over the last year, I think we really should all be happy about Section 503. AAPD, you know, submitted comments, um, worked with the Department of Labor, um, but really it was folks like Tony and others who have been doing this work for years and years and years that helped um, see this through. Um, but I do think that in a small way, um, you know, I played a part, AAPD played a part, um, and I think that is something that we can all be proud of. Um, I do think that I'm also proud at the progress the LGBT movement has made over the years and the knowledge that I was a small part of that change as well um, because I do think that change happens when we are all working together, when we're all playing our part, um, and when we're all doing it together. Um, you know, there is, and so I think that we will see a lot of progress in the disability space the way that we saw progress in the LGBT space, and I think that it will be because people like me, people like you, Joyce, people like Tony, people like Rebecca Coakley and Henry Claypool and, you know, Eve Hill and the, the world, the, you know, the list goes on and on and on, are all playing their part to help um, advance our agenda. Well... It is a team effort, but Mark, you really have done a lot, and I know you will continue doing a lot. And once again, Mark Periello, two two uh, L's, two R's. You should email him. You should go to aapd.com and get excited about this month as we celebrate the ADA. So, Mark, what message would you like to live with our leave with our listeners today? So today I would like to say set your own limits, but don't limit yourself. All too often, I think, in our community, we let other people place expectations upon us about what we can do, what we can't do, um, whether it's talking about employment or school or bullying or health care. You know, we really... I think sometimes are put in a position where expectations and limitations um, are defined by other people. And my message really is, is that the only person who can define those, those limitations is ourselves and that we shouldn't limit ourselves based on what other people say, do, or believe in us. Uh, have faith in yourself um, and your potential, and you can go really, really far with just a little bit of luck and a little bit of faith in yourself. Oh, Mark, that is so awesome. And thank you for being with us. You know, Mark, we end every show with a quote from a civil rights leader or someone who has changed lives. And since it's ADA month, let's start off with this. Lead on, lead on, lead on, no matter what, said Justin Dart. Justin Dart, just for you, Yoshiko. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. 
talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 